Welcome back to Booze and Buffy, a podcast where we are watching and discussing every episode of Buffy the Vampire Slayer and Angel, one by one. We will discuss details from previous episodes, but there will be no spoilers for future episodes. Waking up from an eight-month coma, ready to kick some ass and take some names, I'm Harrison. And literally sitting just a couple feet away from Harrison, I'm Jason. We're in the house, <laughs> waxed, so waxed, and ready to record. <laughs> At least two of those three are true. <laughs> uh, Harrison, what episode are we watching this week? Well, Jason, we felt it was important for our first in-person recording to to be an episode about reunions and love. And stabbing people in the gut. Three things that we're known for. Three things that we're known for. So we're watching Buffy Season 4, Episode 15, This Year's Girl. And this is the one where motherfucking Faith Lahane is back. She's wrecking everyone's shit. She's getting hit with Willow's backpack. In her barbs. And she's got lots of barbs towards Faith. And you know who else is back this week? Joyce Summers! Hello! Um, We're very excited about this episode. (laughs) No, no, we're hyping it up. (laughs) Um, Yeah, uh, lots of stuff happens. This is also the one where every character wears the ugliest things they've ever worn in the series, except for Faith and Joyce. Yeah. We'll get to that later, but... uh, this year's girl was written by Douglas Petrie and directed by Michael Gershman and originally aired on February 22nd in the year 2000. Ah, Jason, on this auspicious occasion, what are we drinking? Uh, we are drinking some simple glasses of red wine. Yeah. Uh, cause you know, it's a classic and we're trying to reestablish that whole, oh, this is the normal way to do things. Yeah. <laughs> also, I forgot to buy gin so we couldn't have martinis like I wanted. <laughs> um, it's okay. I'm actually still, uh, fasting. So, um, while I'm technically breaking my fast with this, I'm not counting it because it's red wine. Yeah. It's good for your cholesterol. So... Um, all right. Um, a toast. A toast. I mean, I don't think there's anyone else we can toast this week. A toast to faith. Uh, to faith. Oh, what a oh. nice sound. <laughs> oh, man, that was great. No more just, <laughs> in Harrison's case, legit, like, touching his screen with his glass. <laughs> um... And then, like, trying in vain to, like, hit my glass on my microphone. Like, make the sound I want. Uh, Except I never, I usually have, and I do with me right now, I have a glass of water. And yet it never occurred to me until this moment that I could have just taken the two glasses I always have with me. Wow, somebody could go back to last March and tell you about it. My God. Uh, Can you, let's, let's take a moment to congratulate ourselves, Jason. We did all of season three. Yeah. Um, and more than half of season four of Buffy and season one of Angel, which 
numbers wise is a more lot. than a full season. Yeah. So technically we did two plus seasons remotely in quarantine with only some issues. <laughs> yeah. Um, let's just say that a lot of those issues were on my side. Uh, <laughs> but not all. Um, yeah. Several were on mine. Tech, yeah, um, I think we only, what, missed like maybe one or two weeks so. due to uh, technical um, bullshit. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. And I think we only had to completely re-record two episodes. Yeah, which um, <laughs> given that uh, not a, not either of us don't really have too much experience with this sort of thing, isn't bad. Yeah, I think we... Uh, and honestly, towards the end of doing it, I think we had a really good rhythm going. Um, but you know what? I, I'm, I'm happy to be here. Me too. And uh, I wouldn't trade I mean, it for the world. I mean, for Harrison, it's just like a few feet away from where he usually is. <laughs> uh, for me, it's a much more significant distance. <laughs> um, but yeah, I what a great episode to, to come back to. Um, so let's let's just get get started. We start in a dream. Um, much like Buffy dreams, it's ethereal and mysterious. Um, but Buffy and Faith are making a bed, and oh, and and like many Buffy dreams, it ten- it usually ends in violence. Ah, yes, of course. <laughs> um, Buffy wants. Uh, says she wishes they could, she could stay, and Faith says that they have so much to do before little sis arrives. And it doesn't particularly dawn on Buffy that this is a dream. Not quite Not yet. Not yet. Um, and then, although I think it's, is it supposed to be Faith's dream or Buffy's dream? I think the later ones are definitely Faith's. I, but is this... You know, Buffy doesn't seem to be too... Um, Concerned the mm. next time we see her in the waking world. Yeah. So I think it it I think it is. Um, even though it seems strange that it would not be Buffy's dream. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It's hard to tell. Well, I mean, I think we it, in the season three finale. I think we came on down on the side that in that dream it was both of theirs mm-hmm. that they were sharing it. So maybe um, maybe it is, but it, it does seem like the end of the dream is precipitated by. Faith uh, mm-hmm. waking up. So yeah. she um, blood falls on the white sheets, um, and that's when we get a really great cut to um, the knife. Uh, what was the name? Of the jackal was that Faith's knife? I think so. Yeah. Um, that Buffy gutted her with. I don't think they ever called it the jackal. I think it was just Faith's knife. Um, I think the jackal is like the the, the actual the, the type of knife. Yeah. yeah, I think you're right. Yeah. Um, yeah, we get a um, a great like recreation of Buffy stabbing Faith from the season three finale, and Faith saying, "Are you ever gonna take this thing out?" Cut to I credits. Mean, I mean, it it's honestly kind of dangerous to do that. Uh-huh. Uh, I don't know how many people who listen to this podcast have been stabbed before, but uh, ideally, if you're a little ways away from medical attention, you might want to just keep it in. Yep, it is. Um, <laughs> counterintuitively as it seems that the uh, thing you're impaled with is currently what's keeping your blood in. Uh, Yikes. (laughs) (laughs) You know, I really do like the fact that um, they don't tiptoe around Faith coming back. Mm -hmm. I really like that it is like 
what was the last thing that we saw in the last episode? Um, it was Riley in the hospital. It was Riley in the hospital. I love that uh, we kind of just jump into it and may even like kind of shock viewers. Probably not, given that the WB probably promoted the shit out of oh, this. Oh, I absolutely, I guarantee. But um, um, but I do like that. Uh, you know, maybe for somebody who's just watching the series for the first time on streaming or on DVD, if you if you all still have those, I do. <laughs> um, okay, so I'm gonna. We're in luck. The wiki has the trailer for this episode. Okay. So I'm gonna. I'm gonna play it right now. The last time these two met, there you go. One was left for dead. It's Faith. She's awake. Buffy's greatest rival comes back for revenge. What'd you think? I'd wake up and be filled with tea. An all new Buffy. Yep. <laughs> yeah. So, um, but I do like, and I do like that they don't just kind of like pussyfoot around with it. Yeah. Um, or even like save it to the very end because this is a two-parter. It is, uh, ladies and gents. But uh, fortunately, we don't spend the entire first part building up to Faith waking up. It's just this like this pre-credits sequence, and then a um, little bit afterwards because mm-hmm. Faith has got a couple more dreams to have. I love them so much. We'll talk about them. But first, let's go to our favorite location, Xander's dank hole. <laughs> um, <laughs> don't no, don't use that phrase in the same episode that we have the orgasmic oh, right here. Fair. That's fair. <laughs> so before we get into this scene, I think we have to talk about Willow and Xander's outfits. Oh because my god, that they have for for most of the rest of the episode. <sighs> so do you want to take Xander and I'll take Willow? Does yeah, sure. Like, okay. Xander is wearing a um, an orange shirt, which orange is a uh, an orange button down dress shirt. Mm-hmm. Orange is kind of a hard color to pull off in general. Yeah. But it is not helped by the fact that he is wearing a tight sweater vest with rainbow stripes. Like, oh, it's really gross. Bad. I will say, I, I, while it is terrible, I am grateful that it, um, like fits him properly. Unlike most of his clothes, which are so baggy. But, but I feel but... like when it comes to sweater vests, that actually should be something that should. Be hang from you a little bit maybe. i mean um, i don't think you or, should wear a sweater vest uh, just, yeah. <laughs> or like or the very least look not tight this looks tight on him and I, I i guess i just don't see sweater vests as something that are tight that's fair meanwhile willow is wearing a bucket hat that's like brown and dark blue and dark green like it's it's, yeah, it's, it's like, it's like, it's like multiple different colors yeah it, it, it is like different swatches of fabric that are all ugly that have been sewn together into one bucket hat <laughs> more like a fuck it hat <laughs> and then she's wearing this shirt that's like kind of off the shoulder a little but it's also like weirdly like different it's a, it's a pattern of like weird blues and browns blues. isn't it yeah it's so bizarre it's so hard to describe but it's like this repeating pattern but it looks like each it looks like it's almost like a quilt like each little section of it has been stitched together into this horrific thing now do you think what she's wearing now is worse than the like that sweatshirt that I was trying to figure out, like, what the hell was going on with it later in the episode? They're bad in different ways. They're <laughs> equally awful, but they have different 
There's different reasons for it. Um, so I don't think I can choose. Fair enough. Um, and we're not there yet, but neither of these, at least in my opinion, neither of these horrible outfits even come close to comparing to whatever it is that they did to Amber Benson. Oh my gosh, yeah. Oh, but we're, we're not there yet. <laughs> Xander is trying to uh, figure out how to get this... Uh, taser blaster laser thing from the initiative yeah if you guys remember this was the uh basically the one that uh was messed up that was sabotaged by maggie walsh Mm -hmm. and given to buffy um to basically you know get killed with yep and uh she obviously kept the she also kept the blaster yeah it's um we it's kind of funny because willow's Willow at first is like, are you sure this is a good idea? And Buffy thinks that she means, like, blasters aren't usually your, like, go-to weapon. And she's like, I'm going to do anything I can to take Adam down. And Willow's like, no, by all means, blast away. <laughs> um, but but they are concerned about Adam. And... We just, I guess we're just going to have to accept that in-universe, Adam is this big threat, but literally, I'm, I'm so much more excited about seeing Faith and a cameo from the mayor than I am to even hear about Adam. And you know what's interesting? I'm pretty sure during the first time I watched the show, I wasn't. I, I don't even think I was impressed of Adam from the beginning. No. Like, uh, it... Yeah. Granted, we spent all of the last <laughs> Buffy episode just talking about how lame Adam is, so seeing as how he's not actually in this episode, maybe, you know, let's not talk about him as yeah. much. <laughs> even though the Buffy crew does that yes. extensively. Um, they're, they're also worried because, or Buffy is worried because she hasn't been able to see Riley since he's been taken into the initiative medical division, blah, blah, blah. Um, and Willow and Buffy have a really lovely heart to heart about this. Meanwhile, Xander is full on electrocuted by the blaster. <laughs> and nobody notices, not even Giles. No one cares. <laughs> um, really, really great, uh, physical comedy from nicholas brendan both mm-hmm. in the zapping and in the, the incredulous like looking really? at everyone nobody nobody cares <laughs> um it was um it was it was very funny um and then we actually go see riley where he essentially discharges himself from yeah um kind of a bit of a parallel between riley and uh uh, Faith uh, discharging themselves from <laughs> from the hospitals. Um, yeah, uh, basically, Riley tells the guard, like, stand down or I'll, like, fucking move you. I will put you yeah, down. Yeah, I will put you down. And, and this is when he um, is uh, confronted by Forrest and Graham. Yeah. It's, it's weird. I'm, like, trying to remember their names because I, I usually have them in front of me. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but, yeah, and... Um, he, Riley, who is not as attractive without a shirt on as Angel, I'm gonna say it, I'm yeah. sorry guys, I'm, yeah. I mean, not he's the, fine, yeah, not the Mark, I mean, I appreciate the shape that Mark Lucas is in, I wish, I hope to be in that shape, uh, once I work off my quarantine gut, <laughs> but, um, 
yeah, it's just... Yeah. The, I also love that basically we learn later in the episode that his threat to the guard is a completely empty threat because he is... <laughs> He's not in, in no condition. Uh, but he does uh, imply to Forrest that he is trying to get back to Buffy. And Forrest is like, seriously, dude? <laughs> um, we return to the hospital and... Fate's Hospital. Fate's Hospital, yes. Um, and we get a really... Yet another great dream sequence. Um, and it's Faith and the mayor having a lovely, sunny picnic. Welcome back to the show, Harry Groner. Hello, Harry Groner. Always lovely to see you. Um, and this is a, it's a very cute scene. They're having a nice picnic. Um, there's a little bit of symbolism with a snake that I couldn't watch because I'm very scared of snakes, even though it was tiny and harmless. Uh, yeah, but... Um... <laughs> But obviously, uh, when the mayor picks up the snake, it's clearly a reference to the fact that he turned into a giant snake. Yep. <laughs> oh, the cop. But he said he didn't want it to ruin uh, their picnic. So, I don't know. That, that'd be, that's an interesting thing to pull from it. Uh, maybe that Faith saw this as, this is clearly something that was going to happen. Mm-hmm. Um, he was going to turn into this demon. But uh, maybe she thought that afterwards he'd go back to being the mayor and then they'd get to, like, you know, live their idyllic, orderly life in a ruined Sunnydale. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I don't know. Maybe. Yeah, I I think I, my interpretation of it was very, very similar, but it was um, the idea that Faith was, that their life together before he ascended was the picnic. And that this was kind of her idyllic version of him putting aside the snake is saying, I'm not actually going to ascend because you're enough for me. Mm, okay. Um, because you know what Faith has never heard from anyone in her life is you're enough for me. Oh. Like, you know, and we're going to have a lot of, t- we're going to be talking about Faith a lot this episode. And of course, next episode. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's, I mean, this is what, why Faith is such a good character. She's so villainous, but there's so much sympathy that can, you can elicit, she can elicit. Mm-hmm. Um, because we know she's had an awful life. Yeah. Um, and it's... And it's just waking out of a coma. Yeah. Uh, granted, uh, what, um, oh wait, she doesn't wake out just not, yet. Not yet. She doesn't so, wake out of it just yet. First, their, their picnic is ruined. By who else? <laughs> by by serial killer Buffy. <laughs> she, um, the, Buffy arrives, uh, in, yeah, full, full, like, horror movie villain mode, slashes the mayor's throat, stabs him, the, the sunny day, like, darkens, and, um, Buffy starts to chase Faith, um, and there is a little bit more of this dream, but we, we cut away from it and then go back to it. So, um, what we cut away to is uh, Buffy on patrol with Xander and Willow. And is this when she's wearing the awful leopard print coat? She is. Oh my gosh. She's, you, you didn't think that it was just going to be Xander and Willow wearing awful things. Like, and you know, I think the first thing that popped in my mind when I saw that was 
That is not inconspicuous. <laughs> like if you're trying to if you're trying to like, you know, not draw attention to yourself. <laughs> sorry, you're drawing attention to yourself in that. Well, it is so funny because we were we were ragging on Willow and Xander in that earlier scene, and I remember thinking, you know, Buffy's what Buffy's wearing isn't terrible. It's not it's just kind of a brown sweater, but it's not ugly, but it's also not super flashy, so I didn't have many thoughts about it. And then here we go, and she's wearing this <laughs> fucking leopard print coat. And um Snow Leopard print, nonetheless. Yes. yes. And as they're patrolling, they uh, this image is very striking. It um it reminds me of uh, a bit of Red Dragon. Have you read slash and or seen Red Dragon? Or well, you've seen Hannibal. I, I've I've read yeah, I've read Red Dragon and I have seen Hannibal. I have not actually watched the Brett Radner Red Dragon mm-hmm. movie though. So, luckily, my copy of Red Dragon was very handy to where I was sitting. But, uh, yeah, so this is the image that, like... Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, the actual painting of the Red Dragon. Yeah, the demon, uh, they find this demon, it's like a red demon, strung up, um, and, like, its chest, like, opened up and hollowed out. Um, It's very creepy. Mm -hmm. And the way it's done is really cool, because you see Buffy, like in front of it at first and all you can see is the feet um like in like the background and there's not a lot of emphasis brought to it until Buffy turns and it like the camera uh pulls back to reveal the whole thing and you see Xander and Willow on the opposite side of it as they like all three of them kind of discover it in the same moment and they're the only lighting is from their flashlights Mm. and it's um, and like, especially with, it's especially cool cause you can see Willow and Xander's flashlights through the demon. Yeah. Um, oh, fire truck, uh, drink. <laughs> we haven't had to drink for fire trucks in a while. Yeah. Um, and I mean, I guess for those of you who are fans of Dexter season six, this is a tableau. <laughs> <laughs> um, are there fans of Dexter season six? I've never met one. <laughs> Um, and, but yeah, this is, it's, it's creepy as shit. Yeah. Um, and they all just immediately assume that it's Adam. Yeah. Um, (laughs) Jason and I made some jokes in this scene that we can't reveal here because they were, they're big old spoilers. Yep. (laughs) But, um, listeners who know, you know, you know, (laughs) um, and, uh, so back at back at Sanders' basement, um, Buffy is like, "We're gonna bust Riley out of the initiative." You know, we don't. I don't trust leaving him with the people who created the monster who just who did what we just saw. Yeah, who skewered him. <laughs> yeah, um, and Buffy has a plan. Willow's going to hack into the initiative's security and give her Buffy at least a 10 minute window. Willow counters with, that's going to be pretty. And Buffy's like, hard, but not impossible. You're going to do it. Use magic if you have to. Like, what does that even mean? (laughs) I mean, the whole like magic mixed with technology thing, we've been away from that since the days of Jenny Callender. So... (laughs) Oh my gosh. And then... Um, Don't get hung up on it, though. <laughs> then Xander's like, okay, so we're gonna sneak in. And Buffy's like, nope. Going in with force. 
I'm going to rappel down the elevator shaft, uh, take out all the guards. I, I, I'm a one-woman army motherfucker. And at which point, Riley, who has entered the room behind them, is just like, oh, you're going to do all that for me? Um, or no, he says, am I really worth it? To which Jason and I both in unison went, no. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry again, Mark Lucas. <laughs> you seem like a lovely, lovely man. It is yeah. not your fault that this character doesn't work. Um, you know, I'm I, I'm not going to blame an actor for a poorly written character mm-hmm. um, unless they wrote that character. Um, and I I love Buffy's gung ho-ness about this plan, and I love that she has a plan. Really glad we didn't have to see this plan in action because I mean basically it's it's just a rehash of Goodbye Iowa. Mm-hmm. We don't need that. We just did that. Also, I mean, usually when you talk about a plan and its fullness, yeah, <laughs> that then leads to it not working. Yep. Um, it's television it, law. Unspoken plan guarantee. Mm-hmm. Um, I see the go that community episode. Where Abed's like, all right, here's the plan. And he starts whispering. And Jeff's like, Abed, you can't just start mumbling nonsense. You have to tell us the plan. Nothing's going to cut away. Yeah, nothing's going to cut away. (laughs) And he's like, all right, here's Here's the actual plan. Here's the actual plan. (laughs) Cut away. (laughs) Brilliant. Um, uh, But yeah, he explains how he basically just walked away. And um, then we go back to Faith's hospital. And we're in Faith's dream again, and um, she's running, running from. I mean, this is a this is a slasher movie, is what we're yep. seeing right here. Running through the cemetery, uh, Buffy is walking after her, very Michael Myers, um, got her knife, stone faced, um, <laughs> and then Faith falls into an open grave, um, and there's a great shot of Buffy looking into the grave and Faith down in the grave like holding both sides of it looking up at her and there's kind of like a the music changes from like horror movie to like not like operatic but more more like confrontation yeah and then uh Faith jump or Buffy, Buffy jumps, jumps into in. the grave and we don't see this fight um don't worry we just we got, it's coming <laughs> yeah we just watch the top of the grave and we hear the, the clashing between the two of them. And then we see Faith pull herself out. Rain starts raining. We go literally to a full-on Shawshank uh, reference where yeah, she looks into the sky and yells. Some things are subtle in this episode. <laughs> some things aren't. Okay. And I don't mind it. I No. Uh, because... Because it's a dream, if it weren't a dream, I might be like, that's a bit on the nose. But it's a dream, and your dreams do weird shit like that. That's true. Um, And sometimes you reenact scenes from movies. I actually do that a lot in dreams, um, because I don't like movies, and I watch them a lot. (laughs) Um, And then she wakes up. Um, And... uh, it's very exciting. Um, <laughs> Obviously, the first thing she notices is that she's in a hospital bed and she's got lots of tubes attached to her, yep. uh, which she proceeds to rip out. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Awful. Uh-huh. And then she just stands right up, which, um, 
fun fact, if you have been in a coma for, what is it, eight months we've, uh, we've established? I think so, yeah. Um, you don't just stand up and walk out, out of there. Um, you go through months of physical therapy. Um, but Faith is a slayer, so, yeah. you know, special, uh, special slayer muscles that don't atrophy. <laughs> Gotta love it. And, um, she walks down the abandoned section of the hospital that she's been stashed away Is it just in? me or does, like, <laughs> does Sunnydale Hospital always just look super creepy? Well, it depends. It does feel like there's two halves of Sunnydale Hospital. There's, like, yeah, there's, like, the half that Willow got to be in, in uh, Becoming, that was brightly lit and full <laughs> of doctors and nurses and hospital administrators and other patients. And then there's, like, the children's ward in Killed by Death, which is uh, terrifying. And then and then I guess where you put uh, criminal coma patients, mm -hmm. which is one room in the back of the, the storage area where... <laughs> yeah. Because uh... if you notice, I don't know if you noticed, I noticed it, I think, I don't think, I think for the first time, that the hallway that she's walking down... It's just full of like stacks and stacks of like boxes um, that looks like they're like the type of boxes that you put like file work in and like paperwork. Mm. So, <laughs> well, like she looks lost, and so does the woman that confronts Faith. Well, not even confronts Faith, just yeah. like walks in the hallway and says like, "Oh, hey, do you know where such and such place is?" And um, and she asks the question again. Then. The, even though like Faith is just like what even though and <laughs> this girl's not very bright yeah, <laughs> yeah that's when this girl realized that oh here's this woman who's walking barefoot down a hospital hallway with this blank look in her eye wearing nothing but a hospital gown <laughs> and maybe she needs some help like oh I'm sorry do you need help <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> should have been the first thing you noticed yeah this woman is not very observant I feel bad for what happens to her but Girl, you're not bright. You're not bright. Um, it seems like all she wanted to do was drop off a teddy bear for somebody. That's true. Um, so, yeah, I kind of feel bad for her, but... <sighs> wrong place, wrong time. I'm yeah. sorry. Faith starts... Uh, Faith is like, I have to get to graduation. And she's like, I'm sorry, what? <laughs> <laughs> she's like, graduation. Sunnydale High. I need to get there now. And she's like, oh, um, so Sunnydale High School's not there anymore and face like what and that's when she's like yeah it was this horrible tragedy a lot of students died the principal died the mayor died and then it's funny how she doesn't actually say what happened though like <laughs> kind of makes you wonder like was she gonna go into the giant <laughs> snake attack this well school? i guess the question is was this girl there and what was the cover-up afterwards? Yeah. I, I mean, I mean, I guess the cover-up is there was an explosion because that is mm -hmm. what happened. So I'd be willing... I'm guessing this girl wasn't... She wasn't like a student. She just heard about the explosion at the high school yeah. that killed. Because, yeah, if she were there, she'd be like, there was this giant fucking snake <laughs> and then the school exploded. Yeah. <laughs> 
also vampires everywhere. <laughs> everywhere. It was so cool. You know the, what a uh, great way to end a season of television. Was, you know that little kid in The Incredibles? It was totally wicked! <laughs> um, but, uh, yeah, so as soon as Faith hears that the mayor died, the next shot that we get is Faith walking out of the hospital yes. wearing the clothes that that woman was wearing. I love... I love that we don't even see, like, her hitter or anything. It's just, like, the quick cut. Yeah. We know what happened. <laughs> Um, Faith, Faith doing what she do. She um, and at some point in there, I can't remember exactly where it falls in their conversation, but um, Faith does learn that it's been eight months. Mm-hmm. Um, she she learns that it is February. She, she asks what the date is. Yeah. Excuse me. Um, and then uh, then we get this scene between Buffy and Riley. That's. Not bad. Basically, they're talking about Riley feels adrift and kind of rudderless. Um, and, um, and and Buffy tells her about... Tells him. Tells him. Um, tells him about her experiences with Watcher's Council. And, um, and I... I this scene is nice, but I just don't care about Riley enough. Also, it seems a little weird that, like, they're hiding out in Xander's basement to avoid detection. So I found it very strange I, that they were in Buffy's dorm room. I don't think they're hiding out anymore. Okay. Because they, they were hiding out specifically... They do eventually go back to Giles', Giles apartment. Because they were specifically hiding because the initiative ha- was blaming Maggie's death on Buffy. Okay. But then... Now, Adam Riley's reveal. informed them that they yeah. know that. So I don't think they're they don't have to hide anymore. Gotcha. Um, but yeah, I I like it more from Buffy's side where she's talking about her experiences with the Watchers Council, and I do love when she's like, "Did they give you orders?" And she's like, "All the time." Did you follow them? And she this kind of a sly smile, and she's like, "Yeah." When it was what I when it was what I was already gonna do, <laughs> which is completely accurate. Yep. Um, and uh, they, she basically tells him it's like it's his life. You know, she quit the council. She's still fighting the forces of evil. You know, it's his life to do with as he chooses. And then she it's like this all over him. Oh yeah. Then she gets up, she straddles him, and she's like, and I. I don't think they had sex because, judging from Riley, like, you know, not being able to catch a ball later in the episode. You couldn't handle Buffy right now. Yeah. Um, I, it's funny, while watching the scene, I thought this was the scene where Faith was like, saw her with Riley. So I was, mm-hmm. I was waiting for the cut um, outside of the dorm room of Faith watching. And then after we, we left the scene, I was like, Actually, I'm pretty sure it's been established that they're on the second floor, or the third floor. <laughs> so that doesn't actually make any sense. So unless Faith can fly. <laughs> um, I mean, Buffy somehow manages to get through a second story window later on. But, um, <laughs> although there, there are trees having been established yeah. outside, so it's fine. Um, back at the hospital, there's this detective um, talking with a doctor and a nurse... Um, who I was like, 
who the fuck is she? <laughs> I IMDb'd her. Listeners, the nurse in this episode is the uh, Pawnee resident on Parks and Recre- Recreation, whose name I learned today from IMDb is Gretel. Uh, she is the one who was upset to find a sandwich in the park and wanted to know why it didn't have mayonnaise. She is also the one who made, uh, who the saw the sign that says don't drink the sprinkler water, so she made sun tea with it and has an infection now and wants to know what they're going to do about it. Basically, um, <laughs> she plays a very stupid resident of Pawnee. Uh, in, a, a very memorably Parks stupid. Yes. Yeah, because, because there are a lot of stupid, like, recurring characters, and, but she Yeah, is, like, I mean, who can forget the turtle flu? The turtle flu. <laughs> um, oh, she's the one, I think it is the sun, it's the same bit with the sun tea, but it's the circular desk that Ron's in. Yes. Sir? 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 sir, sir are you <laughs> listening to me, sir? <laughs> uh, so, I forgot the woman's name, my apologies, um, but she's great. I love yeah. her. Um... And she's also kind of like not just a nurse. She also has a through line to the Washers Council. Yes, I kind of wanted to know a little bit more about about Nurse Gretel, which is what I'm calling her. I wonder if they planted her um, when they realized that Faith was in a coma. I think that's exactly what happened. Also, spinoff idea: Sister Badass and Nurse Gretel, lesbians, of course. Fighting crime. Watch it today on Logo. <laughs> <laughs> um, Is Logo still a thing? That's a great question. <laughs> I don't actually know. Uh, Sister Gretel, Nurse Gretel, um, and Sister Badass. Sister Badass. Um, she and the doctor are explaining to this because the detective is just like, "You just let her walk out of here. What the fuck?" It's like she wasn't and, supposed to wake up. Yeah, the doctor is, I think, quite fairly. Just like, you don't understand. This girl was has been in a coma for eight months. A coma she should not have been able to wake up from. And even if she did wake up from it, which obviously she did, there's she should not have been able to move because of the aforementioned eight-month-long coma. Um, so it's... Um, <laughs> I, I enjoyed this doctor too because I felt I felt bad for him. <laughs> Although maybe he shouldn't be stashing coma patients in the storage. In the storage. <laughs> <laughs> um. So the detective and the the doctor leave, and that's when the nurse, Nurse Gretel, uh, calls a makes a call and says it's happened. Send a team. Dun, dun, dun. Nice. Hot. Um, so then Vampire Willow walks through Sunnydale, confused and annoyed by all the happy people. Hold on. (laughs) Sorry. I just had a flashback. (laughs) (laughs) We have Faith walking through the, uh, the one street of Sunnydale, having a flashback of, uh, or being confused by all the happy people. She's like, this is supposed to be a ruined hellscape. What the hell? Um, Where the hell? (laughs) Where is the hell? (laughs) I was promised destruction. (laughs) And all I got was a knife in my gut from my girlfriend. Um, Oh, and don't worry, ladies and gents and everyone else. We are going to get into the gayness of this. Let's just say this week's gay agenda is pretty clear. Oh, I have a very specific moment. Um... 
Faith eventually ends up at Giles's house, um, where the Scooby gang, um, unfortunately, minus Anya, we need to talk about this, because this is a crime. There's no Anya in this episode. And you know what I say to that? Fuck you. <laughs> she could have been in this scene. She really could have. <laughs> she could have been searching for Faith with, with Xander and Giles. <laughs> um, but it's fine. Um, actually though, now that I'm thinking about it, we've got bringing back Faith, uh, and bringing back Joyce from a budget perspective, one recurring guest star has to go. <laughs> um, they, they had to have like a little bit of time with Tara though, so. Yeah, yep. Um, so we, um, the gang, uh, Xander, Giles, Buffy, Willow, and, uh, Riley, are just kind of coming up with plans to 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 attack Adam. We talk about Adam a lot in this episode. Um, well, really up until here. This is kind of the point where. Well, that's because faith becomes a uh, priority. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yes, they. Um, but yeah, it does show faith just kind of watching this whole conversation. She leaves. And then they get the phone call, yep. um, and phone call that oddly came for Buffy at Giles's residence yeah. of all places. So I'm guessing because I don't make it super clear. Oh, also just real quick, um, Faith notices Buffy and Riley being all cuddly, mm-hmm. which is important. Um, um, she, I'm guessing that the Watchers Council called Giles uh, but but yeah but because he does not work for them anymore mm-hmm. he specific they specifically like ask for Buffy hey we well, want Buffy um, we know she's there and yeah um and it's like I guess that makes I mean the what they're obviously not buddy buddy with the Watchers Council but even the Watchers Council as corrupt and stupid as they are <laughs> know that Faith waking up from this coma is a big deal and Buffy needs to be aware of it. Yep. Um, so, and we get, I love this because she gets off the phone. She tells them Faith's woken up. She attacked a woman at the hospital. She's disappeared. And for the next minute or so. Riley is completely out of shot. He's completely out of shot. It's great. I mean. I'm not saying it's great that Riley's out of shot. I'm saying the way this is framed is so great because you're saying that it's great that Riley's out of shot. <laughs> um, but we get this intense conversation between Buffy, Willow, Giles, and uh, Xander about like what are we gonna do about this? This is a big deal. Uh, Willow <laughs> is like, I have an idea. You beat the shit out of her. <laughs> um, her her hatred of Faith has not waned at yeah, all. Yeah, and now like she gets to turn it right back on. Yeah, she's like a switch. She's been waiting. She's been, I've been waiting for that bitch to wake up. <laughs> she's got some barbs in this. Uh, oh, she's great. She um, and uh, they Buffy brings up the very uh, pr- practical reasons of like, what do we actually do with her? Do we turn her into the police? They wouldn't know what to they're, do with a slayer. Yeah, they wouldn't be able to handle her. Do we turn her over to the Watchers? Xander correctly points out that that went so well the last time. Yeah. He said, what does he say? It's um, like trying to put out a fire with napalm or yeah. something. And I was like, 
Yeah, actually, that's a that's a pretty good description of it. Um, Buffy hopes that, or Buffy thinks, maybe she doesn't even remember. Or maybe she does remember, but... She's like, oh, I see the error of my ways. Yeah. Um, and Giles is like, maybe we... Maybe there is some sort of rehabilitation that we've not thought of. Um, and it all boils down to they're really not sure what to do. Mm-hmm. Willow gets in one more time. Have you considered beating the shit out of her? <laughs> um, but Buffy just kind of boils down to, I guess right now, we just have to find her. Um, and that's when we... Get the Riley shot. Cut to like, Riley. Um, who's face? Who's face? <laughs> Very and I was funny. just like, oh, God, here's the season three DVDs. Yep. Just go. <laughs> so that the next day we cut to Buffy and Willow on campus. Do you want to describe what Willow's wearing? Or do you want to try? Because we couldn't really. Yeah. it's So Willow is back to her uh, long, uh, her floor length floral skirt. Yep. And uh, a sweatshirt that I don't. <laughs> I, I don't know. Like it, it is. It is. There's something knit onto it, and I'm not entirely sure what it is. So it's the the sweatshirt itself is black, like plain black, and that itself is fine. Because actually, yeah. the, the shirt, just like the like a plain black shirt, it fits really well. Um, kind of a, like a mid length sleeve, mm-hmm. you know. Um, but it's. Yeah, it's like three people in a bed. Yeah, like, th- and this is all like stitched on there, and it's it's really just like, did you grab this from season two, Willow, or something? Because so, oh my god, it's so weird. And it's like, and, yeah, and it's kind of like crocheted. It's like dolls. Yeah. It's like dolls have been sewn on to her shirt, and I'm gonna quote Willow in an episode in season five when she says. Why do all of my clothes have such stupid things on them? And you know what? Yes, yes. Willow. Why do your clothes have such stupid things on them? This is one of them. This and the cracker at that one oh, too. Oh gosh, it's really bad. Um, Buffy, though, in the actual content of the scene, yeah. Um, Buffy is. Uh, Buffy tells her that she um, she gave Riley. Um, an edited version of the her history with Faith. As Buffy says, I didn't lie, but, um, and she's not very explicit about this, but the implication is that she left out anything having to do with, with Angel. Angel. Um, like the part where Faith poisoned Angel, Buffy gutted Faith in response, and then let Angel drink her blood in an extremely sexual fashion. Yep. And I'm there's the part of me that's like, honesty is the best policy, Buffy. But then I was like, what what stage of a relationship is that the like the best time to be bringing them? You know, <laughs> I don't know. I, 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 I was about to say something uh, that I thought would be uh, poignant, but then I realized. I don't know anything about relationship stages. <laughs> yeah, it, I, but it is awkward, right? It's an awkward conversation to have to be like, listen, I had to gut my ex-girlfriend to save my ex-boyfriend's life. It was all very intense. And then I blew up my high school. 
<laughs> and then I immediately just pictured uh, Scott Pilgrim saying, you had a sexy face? <laughs> um, they, um... They're basically talking about um, all the stuff that they need to do to get to faith, and uh, then eventually just, like, resort to flat out just, oh, God, that crazy horror. And, of course, as soon as they walk up, uh, Faith turns around. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah. Um, they get into a, first, a verbal uh, sparring match mm-hmm. where... Um, you know, what's interesting is that uh, Faith actually seems a little hurt. Yeah, that, um is. And not even just the whole, like, getting stabbed thing, but the fact that Buffy clearly stabbed her to save the man that she loved, which apparently is no longer the man that she loved. Mm -hmm. She just decided to jump on the next, like, the first uh, college man that she saw, which is the second college man that she saw. Um, which is funny because it's, um, Faith... She goes on this, and yeah, Buffy basically is just like, as usual, Faith, you are mouthing off about shit that you don't have any fucking context mm-hmm. for. Um, and I wish, let me try to find real quick, damn, it's not in here. I was hoping in the quotes, I was hoping in the quotes they'd have the exact thing that Faith says that pinged my gaydar. <laughs> um, um, but it's... But yeah, there's a lot of jealousy in this scene. She, Buffy says basically, like, we've been looking for you. And Faith is like, been lying still for eight months. Couldn't have been looking very hard. Um, Which felt to me like, you didn't fucking visit me in the hospital. (laughs) Um, And yeah, and listen, I think I've said this before. But I do believe, um, and this isn't even like a, you know, like we have fun, like doing like slash pairings, like. But this isn't even me being like, oh, <laughs> like, these two characters are gay. I do believe that Faith is canonically in love with Buffy. I mean, at the very least, obsessed with her. Like, Yeah, yeah there's definitely, I can definitely tell some attraction. Just And that, that kind of comes across as just, um, just kind of the person that Faith is. She seems to be a very free-spirited person, mm-hmm. willing to experiment. Yes, and, a uh, character like Faith, written for a show made today would be bisexual yeah just from the Mm get-go um but of course that was we're in a 2000 a much different time where we're you know still flitting around the edges of what's going on with willow and tara um so um but yeah they they get into this verbal sparring match they um uh there's willow you fucking rock star she surreptitiously takes her backpack off, kind of moves slowly behind, uh, behind, uh, Faith. And Faith is like, don't even try it, Red. Yeah. Um, and I, there's a, I love that. I love that Faith does that without even, like, looking at Willow. And then Willow and, uh, just a great moment between Sarah Michelle Gellar and Allison Hannigan where. It's like, hey, just back off. Yeah, Will, Buffy <laughs> gives her the, don't do it. And Willow's like. Okay. All right. <laughs> um, and um, then they fight. The actual fight. Lower <laughs> verbal. And fortunately, this fight does include Willow following through yeah. and smacking Faith in their backpack and, and then, then running scampering away. Scampering away as soon as she, <laughs> soon as she makes contact. <laughs> uh, which is smart because yeah. 
Um, but yeah, this whole sequence between um, Buffy and Faith up to the fight is is my gay agenda this week. The the bitterness, the jealousy, the um, the it's and yeah, and the bit of it. It's like a betrayal to Faith. Like, you know, it was like okay, I could live with you stabbing me to save Angel. You're not even fucking with him anymore. <laughs> and that pisses me off. Like, uh, which, I, from Faith's perspective, which is obviously not the healthiest perspective. She's but very I, much I, a, like I can an see. angry Buffy Angel shipper. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, what the fuck, man? <laughs> um, so yeah, it's uh, this is a good fight. Um, as all the Buffy Faith fights typically are. I mean... I said this before, when Buffy and Faith fight, those are my favorite fights in the show, usually. Yeah, and I um, I, I want to go ditto for the end of the episode oh, as well. That one's intense. Mm-hmm. Um, so, uh, the cops arrive. Um, they, she fucks their shit up, as, <laughs> as Buffy predicted. And um, Faith as, gets as, away. As Principal Snyder said, the... Uh, the Sunnydale police are deeply, deeply stupid. stupid. <laughs> we, haven't, we haven't got even gotten to the dumbest thing. <laughs> All right, so Willow and Tara are looking for Faith. Now we have to talk about the crime that is <laughs> this outfit that they've. So she's wearing. They put Tara in these really baggy, like red pants. Um. And then she's got this red top. And the top itself wouldn't be terrible. <laughs> terrible. Um, <sighs> except for the fact that she's wearing this, like... Or not wearing. It's not a... It's, it's like a weird... There's like it's a like weird a band of fabric. Yeah, in the middle. It's extremely unflattering to Amber, ten, Amber Benson's body. Yeah. Like, it... It, it's so weird because it, it, it emphasizes your basically your stomach yeah and, well, and it's weird because Amber Benson's rather um, rather busty um, and it doesn't seem like it but yeah this, like, it, all the attention's being driven towards her stomach yeah it's it's a very strange shirt that is not flattering to her because she's a very lovely woman mm-hmm. and um, but it's it's, this shirt is creating a weird optical illusion that is warping what her body looks like. Yeah. It, it, and then they, they, they put her in this hairstyle that is pulled back so tight, it makes her head look way too small for the rest of her body. It's a... It's a... It's, a, it's all really bad. And at least the other outfits for the other characters are like... I mean, they're, they're ugly, but they're not actively unflattering to yeah. their body shapes and this is just cruel <laughs> like I... yeah um moving on from it though i know it's really hard to do but i know moving on from it uh basically she needs she's asking tara to help her with um finding faith and this is a this is huge i think this is um mm-hmm. not something that you notice right away but i brought up before how Willow still hasn't even told anybody about Tara, like any of the Scoobies. And here she is, um, kind of like 
telling something that only the Scoobies mm -hmm. are dealing with, as far as they know. And, and like, she's, she's basically kind of like just telling them like all the secrets. She's like an open, yeah. she's like a, an open book to Tara and they don't, like, they don't even know who Tara is. Yeah. So it's kind of another thing. And this is going to be pretty important, especially come the end of the season. Yeah. Uh, but, um, yeah. And, uh, they sit, um, Will mentions that, uh, she doesn't even think she'd be able to bruise Faith's, uh, fist with her face. Yeah. Oh. And, uh, Tara gets a little worried about, uh, what she tries to mime as punching but it looks um, like a very sad doggy paddle. Yes, which uh, <laughs> yeah. Um, There's a really cute moment when during this conversation, where um, yeah, she's like, "We do not engage if we find faith. Um, this is just recon." And Tara's like, "Cause the cutest little smile," and she says, "Ooh, you said, said recon. recon. Like it's so cool." And God, she's so fucking cute. And yeah, and it's so funny that uh, Willow has found like the perfect person to just like throw all of the faith barbs at, uh, say like, oh, she's just like this slutty looking one, and all, all she's just like, oh, I'm five by five, and Tara says five what by five what? She's like, exactly, nobody knows. And I really do think that this, possibly this entire scene is there. Just so that they can set up how important it is that Faith says five by five. Mm -hmm. It's um, Chekhov's smoking catchphrase. <laughs> so <laughs> There we go, doing that again. <laughs> she says, she calls her, thank you, Wiki. Um, she calls her a cleavagey slut bomb. <laughs> Walking around, ooh, check me out. I'm wicked cool. I'm five by five. And I like how Tara immediately thinks like <laughs> what is she describing like an area or something? <laughs> um I I do I love the idea that one probably like just one day Faith just like the phrase five by five just kind of appeared in her head and she was like, Yeah, I like that. Like <laughs> I say that a lot. <laughs> yeah, I I honestly I, I'd like to think that I know a decent amount of popular culture. This is really the only place that I've ever heard the mm -hmm. phrase five by five. When I first watched the show, I thought it was like, she was saying like, I'm square, but I was like, that's really not a thing. Like, I don't <laughs> um, I mean, technically that would be a square if we were discussing area. Yeah. I think, um, let's, you know, listen, listen, you don't, you just don't get it. She's streets ahead. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> if you have to ask, then you're streets behind. <laughs> Um, so actually, two community references. Um, <laughs> it's it's funny because actually this scene, the Willow scene, and the Xander and Giles scene that immediately follows, these scenes were added because uh, later uh, they were added um, into the script later because the episode came in short. Um, oh okay. Yeah, um, which is kind of funny that if this show existed now on a, like a streaming service, yeah, that would just be okay. This episode would just be a little shorter than, mm -hmm. than some other episodes. Um, but hello Mandalorian. Right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, uh, yeah. Yeah. Is this episode going to be 25 minutes or an hour and five? Who knows? <laughs> Actually, I don't think they've ever gone over an hour. No, I but think I remember it... like everybody complaining about season two, how like, why are these episodes like 20, 23 minutes long or, 16 minutes long. 
Um, what was I? Oh yeah. Um, I mean, Netflix does that a lot. There's the um, like the haunting of Bly Manor. Like there was one episode that was like 36 minutes. And, and But it didn't need to be any longer. It told it, the exact it is, story. It, it is very interesting to think that this episode came in short because it feels like a lot happens oh, in this yeah. episode. This episode's packed with stuff. It is. Um, and I'm glad that they wrote these two scenes because I like these two scenes. Mm-hmm. And, um, so let's... You had to get one Spike scene in right? this. Right? <laughs> um, you can't... Can't not have Spike in an episode. <laughs> um, so Xander and Giles are also searching. Um, and uh, Xander's got um, the blaster. Oh, because Riley fixed it earlier. Yes. Um, kind of skipped over that. but um, And it's funny because he's like got the blaster, but he, you know, he can't be just walking through the streets of Sunnydale with a blaster. It's okay. It's, it's tucked under his coat. Yeah. Um, although, you know what? This is fucking Sunnydale. Like, <laughs> I, <laughs> that guy's got a blaster. Forget the giant snake. <laughs> Listen, ever since that giant snake blew up the high school, I'm not going to care about some guy with a blaster. <laughs> yeah, but it's, it's really funny because it seems like Xander is, um, he's going on and on about the, uh, the history between him and Faith. And, uh... Giles doesn't care. Giles just doesn't care. He's He's like, like, yeah. Yeah, okay. Uh Uh (laughs) Uh-huh. And, um, that's when they hear a noise down an alley. So they go investigate. And who could it be but Sexy Spike smoking a cigarette. (laughs) (laughs) And they're... Um, they're like, listen, they're looking for a slayer... She's psychotic. She's psychotic. She's this tall. She's black, dark hair. Answers the name of Faith. And uh, Spike's like, "Oh no, is she after you all?" It's like, he's "Well, you know what I'm gonna do if I see her, I'm gonna stand, tell her exactly where you are, stand by and watch." And they they just look at him incredulously. He says, "When will one of you Scooby Gang remember?" And he does make the reference to Scooby Group. I think he says, yep. "Like, when will one of your Scooby Group remember?" I hate you. <laughs> He's like, I may not be able to hurt you myself, but I can point a loose can in your direction. And that's when Xander is like, yeah, well, you wouldn't even know her if you saw her. And he's like, about this tall, psychotic, dark hair, answers to the name of Faith. I like this girl already. And, and Xander looks at Jazz and just says, we're dumb. And Jazz kind of looks back at him like, we're <laughs> <laughs> Oh gosh, it's it's a good scene. Um, right, Xander's got kind of devolved a bit into his a little more annoying self than we've seen from him recently, but he still has some really funny bits in this episode. He does, so yeah. um, that's when uh, Faith is also in an alleyway, and she is approached by a demon who's like Faith. I've been sent to find... And then she kills him. Yeah. It's like... It's like There's a package, which she... Uh, he's carrying a package. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, it doesn't seem like the guy was going to harm her at all. Yeah. But, I mean, remember, Faith is crazy. He's, <laughs> he's just some guy, some demon, working for, you know, like, FedEx Hell Division. Haven't you heard like... of the phrase, don't kill the messenger? <laughs> um, she has not. <laughs> because she kills the messenger. Yeah. 
She loves killing the messenger. It's her favorite person to kill other than Buffy. Um, so she takes the package and um, that's when uh, this cop drives by. She like climbs up a fire escape and the cop is like got a searchlight because of course the police are searching for her. Yeah. And, uh, and to be fair, I think this is more an issue with the direction than... But this cop... Clearly should, like, they shine the light right on her leg as it's going up the fire escape. And they just keep going. And it's like... The police of Sunnydale are deeply stupid. No way. (laughs) It's so strange. I saw someone climbing up a fire escape in an alley, which is weird. Hmm. But they told us this girl walks on the ground. (laughs) So also they also they uh would they completely missed the demon body too. Yeah, right. There's a corpse there, but, but uh but yeah, Faith does take the package and uh she takes it to um like a video store or I something. I guess so. Uh but yeah, she play and inside is a VHS tape. So um, for listeners, a VHS a VHS tape. Uh, how would I describe it? It's like Netflix but one movie or or maybe a couple episodes of a television show in a box and you have to take it and, and put it into tape. another box called a VCR a VCR and um you when you finish it you have to rewind it all the way back to the beginning you have to be kind and rewind there you go and sometimes you own these tapes but sometimes you rent them from a, a store blockbuster. called Blockbuster <laughs> or possibly Roadrunner Video oh, or Family yeah. Video, perhaps. Hollywood Video. Hollywood Video. Um, a video Castle. Uh, that's what we had, I think, in LaGrange. Okay. Um, so um, these were these were days. And sometimes oh, and movies... don't forget Wild and Wooly Wild video. and Wooly. And sometimes if a movie was long enough, you had to watch it on two VHS tapes. Hello, Titanic. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, anyway, <laughs> thank you for listening to my very condescending explanation. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, this video, though, that she watches is a video of the mayor. And I think this is the most humanizing. We, It's very, because um, it's basically like, hi, Faith, you're watching this. My plan failed, and I'm dead. Um, and then he makes this joke where he's like, "Or maybe everything went great." And um, you know, I'm, I'm currently like staring down at the kitties who are looking up at my huge, massive, like wondrous form with fear and awe. And then he says a line that I found just really interesting, where he says, "But the realist in me tells me, I failed." So he had a he had a backup plan. Yeah. And to take care of Faith. Um, Because he says the world's not going to be kind to you. Um, Yeah, so for all those of you who have been jonesing for some of that uh, great Mayor Faith uh, father-daughter stuff, it's back. It's so good. It's so... Because I think this is the thing. I think we are seeing... I mean, we said it like... His love of Faith was genuine. It was dark. It was not healthy for either of them. But it was genuine. And we see this here that he... Even, I mean, this yeah, we're learning that even in the planning of his, you know, at the end stages of his final plan, and also when we learn that he 
wasn't sure he'd succeed, that he was making sure that Faith was going to be taken care of in his own way. Um, and, um, yeah, there's also with the, um, the, the package was a device that we'll learn the, what it means, what it is later. And that's a wrap on Harry Groner for this episode. Yep. Um, but it's great to have him back, even for these two pretty short scenes. Um, I was saying to Jason as we watched the episode, like, it's so refreshing to have these two characters back on our screens after we've been, you know, struggling with other characters who just haven't worked as well. It's also like a, just a crazy sort of, um, it's kind of like, a when you, uh, take your college friends back home with you and <laughs> you meet them and they like hang out with your high school friends. Cause it, it seems like we've been so, it, it just seems that we've been separated from high school for so long and this was clearly, like, one of the big driving forces of the last high school season. Yeah. So, yeah, the fact that um, you have all the stuff going on with uh, Buffy and Riley and the initiative, and then, oh, hey, here's also Faith. Yeah. And it's, you know, I think for most listeners, you know, you put a character like Faith, you know, that you write that character off by putting them in a coma instead of killing them. I mean, that's just, that's writer short speak for... They're coming back. They'll be back. Mm -hmm. We don't know when, but like, um, but cause that's, you know, that's a magic switch you can just hit when, you know, maybe your, maybe your arc of your season isn't quite going quite as well as you'd hoped. So you, you've got the, uh, break in case of emergency glass of wake get Faith up from her coma and to bring Harry Groner back, um, as well, mm -hmm. even for the, just this one episode, but off the top of my head, I think it's just this one episode. Um, I love it. And it's just the show remembering its history, yep. which we always complimented on. Mm -hmm. Um, so what happens next? <laughs> Are we to the, uh, Joyce and Faith scene? Um, uh, first we have a scene between Riley and Buffy and Riley's dorm room. Ah, yes. Um, the return of the balls poster. The return of the balls. Riley is basically like, let me help you find her. And that's when she tosses uh, like a little Nerf ball or whatever, like a little basketball to him. And he winces when she catches it and he catches it. And she's like, no. <laughs> um, and Riley has rather astutely picked up on the fact that th there's something she's not telling him about fate. He can tell based on how intense she is about Faith and based on the story that she told that there's something that's very something very personal that Faith did to Buffy that Buffy's leaving out. And Riley is a little pushy when but he's not nasty. Yeah. Um you know, I wish he would have just He's more he's not trying to um find this out for his own purposes. He's trying to find it out to help, to like help and support Buffy. Yeah. Um, and Buffy kind of shuts it down by just being like, listen, she's dangerous. Um, and she hates me. The fact that you're calling her a gal. Yeah. <laughs> you means you were completely underestimating her. And you're also um, just so it's a country farm boy. 
Um, and then she says, and she will go after me through the people I love. Cut to the summer's house. There we go. And we have the return of Joyce! Joyce! All right. Let's talk about Joyce's outfit. <laughs> because Joyce looks hot. First of all, her hair. Like, she's done her hair really, really nice. It's not, it's not too far off from how she normally does it. But it is a little sleeker, a little sexier. Um, she's wearing this black sweater that is very... Not, not tight, but just fits her very well and is yeah. kind of off the shoulder with these like stripes, but they're not overwhelming. They're very, like, they're very. Um, it's interesting because typically when I picture Joyce, I picture like, you know, a little more baggier clothing, like a mm. little more like a roomy sweater. Uh, yeah, uh, but, but not but yeah, today. You know, maybe she's like, uh, oh, single life. Single, daughter's out of the house. Listen, I'm just going to say it. Joyce has been. Fucking a lot she, since Buffy moved out. She's definitely given off some big MILF vibes right now. Uh-huh. <laughs> she's been having gentlemen callers. Uh, the belly shots one. are now at home. Belly shots at home. <laughs> see, we don't actually uh, see the kitchen um, or really like the dining room. We just see Joyce's room and the living room. So we don't see the fact that those two rooms are fucking trashed from the party she's been throwing. <laughs> And um, later, later Buffy's gonna be like, or Buffy's gonna see the kitchen, and Faith or Joyce is gonna be like, "Yeah, Faith did that too." <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! Look at this mess that she made. <laughs> she drank so much alcohol. Jello shots. I don't. I don't know. That. That's a. That, I, that's some man's underwear that she brought. Uh-oh. This house is a rocket. Don't come knocking. When but when Faith is like going through, like Buffy hasn't been around recently in Faith's mind or in Joyce's mind, she's like, that's how I like it. This is my house, bitch. Um, yes, um, yes, uh, and of course our first uh Unfortunately for Joyce, the first thing we see her do is open up the door for Faith and then get clocked in oh, the face. Yeah. Um, Faith has her up in the bedroom. Um, and it, you know, it's funny because Faith is like on Like all the, those guys have. <laughs> <laughs> um, Joyce is up on the bed. And it's funny, the way it's, the way Joyce is sitting, it looks like she's tied up. Um, she's got her, like, her hands, like, kind of up by her, like, chest and together. Um, but we later see that she wasn't tied up at all. Mm-hmm. That... She's just afraid of Faith. Yeah, which is fair. I mean, um, because the second, well, we'll get we'll get there. Um, Faith is going through um, Joyce's lipstick, one of which, the one that she chose, is called Harlot. <laughs> Hell yes! <laughs> and then she does probably one of the sluttiest things that you can do on network television, <laughs> and. Uh, graphically put the lipstick mm-hmm. on your lips and then kiss the, the mirror, mirror, leaving a lipstick stain on the yep. mirror. Um, she... <laughs> she was already wearing lipstick. She literally... Like, dark lipstick. She literally just applies another coat of... I, Ellis, I don't wear makeup. I don't wear lipstick. So, I don't know, maybe. But it did that seem like a little whatever. Joyce, though. So, Joyce, Faith's like... What do you think? Do you what, how do you think I look? And Joyce is like psychotic, <laughs> and uh, Faith is like, "Well, I was going for, for sultry, sultry. <laughs> but I'll take it." 
And then um, she just, Joyce is, Joyce is not having it. Um, she, at one point, um, she, Faith says, Faith is mocking her or something. She's like, oh, I know what you're thinking. You'll never get away with it. And Joyce goes, actually, I was thinking, my daughter is going to kill you. Best line of the episode. This is my favorite scene of the episode, and that is the best fucking line of the episode. Because she's just so confident. I mean, I think we see where Buffy fucking gets it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but uh, uh, Faith does Faith does say that um, she's going through, as she goes through letters, like uh, all the stuff that's being mailed to Buffy. Mm-hmm. And she's like, oh, I guess she hasn't come around here that, uh, that often. And uh, she says, like, oh, well, just so you know, I never would have, um, I never would have let my loved ones, uh, um, like, in danger. And uh, at this point, Buffy flies through the fucking bedroom window, <laughs> tackles Faith, and, and, uh, and Joyce says, hi, honey. Yeah, hi, Mom. Uh, hi, Buffy. Um, it's... And I like, I like that Buffy, or that Faith, like, brings up this, like, oh, Buffy's not really coming home much. And it doesn't even phase Joyce. Because Joyce is like, no, she's a college. Because, like, of course not. She's, it is, like, growing it, it, up. It is kind of crazy that, um, Joyce was so, Joyce was so welcoming to Faith. Mm-hmm. I mean, you think, like, hey, just a year ago, they were spending Christmas together. Yeah. Aww. And, um... Now, now, like, oh, Faith is threatening Joyce, and Joyce is like, my daughter's going to kill you. Yep. <laughs> um, I'm going to have a little bit more to say about um, about that specific, the Joyce and Faith dynamic in the next episode, mm-hmm. because it, um, I don't think, I think it's fair to just say this, because it's not that big of a spoiler, that it all, that comes up. Yeah. Um, and, but then we um, get, like, this pretty dope-ass fight scene. Oh, so Buffy takes Faith out of the bedroom, um, and the second that they're out of the room, Joyce... Calls 911. Calls, yeah. So I, I love that. I love that, like, the second Joyce has her opportunity, she's, she goes for it. They go down the stairs hard. Mm-hmm. Oof. Um, they're in the dining room. They... Buff, Faith throws a... First, Faith throws the vase with the yes, um, yes. with the plants in it. Then she grabs the like the uh, silverware drawer, like empties it, and then throws the drawer at yep. Buffy then before grabs, grabbing a knife. Yeah, then she grabs a knife. Uh, they fight. That's when that. Then it takes them into the living room. I love the way this fight travels. Yeah, where they Buffy or no Faith throws Buffy through the fucking glass door. Doesn't she, like, slam the door on her? Yes, no, you're, no, you're exactly right, because the door's, like, no, open. No, that's, like, that might be my favorite shot it's of the whole so scene. so good. Because she, yeah, the door is opened inward into the, into the, uh, into the living room. Faith has Buffy, grabs the door, and, yeah, closes it in, like, into Buffy, and, like, um, and then one of them from there, I can't remember who, gets thrown onto the coffee table mm-hmm. which gets smashed yeah and then um another little shelf gets everything gets smashed yes Joyce's this poor living room <laughs> um, she gets it so clean while the rest of the <laughs> while the rest of the rooms are so trashed it's like no no well that's well that's the thing because Joyce is a well-rounded woman mm-hmm. she 
she has her ragers, but she keeps them confined to like the kitchen area. Yeah. Um, because the living room is where she has her book club. Oh uh, yes. And I forgot about the book club. Yeah. So Joyce is a woman of many hats, and she's a smart woman, and she she makes sure that her 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 rager friends have a safe space for them. And her book club friends have a safe space for them. This is why Joyce Summer, is the best. Yes, yes, we love Joyce. Uh, but um, as uh, as Buffy flings Faith towards the uh, fireplace, Faith then grabs the device that was left to her by the mayor, which is called the Draconian Contra. Katra. The Draconian Katra. She's able to put it on her uh, on her hand. And then when Buffy is about to uh, make one last kind of hit towards uh, Faith, she grabs her hand and we see some magic definitely happening. Yep. At this point, we cut to Giles' apartment. He walks in. The lights are out. Uh, the They get turned on. And um, uh, the three black ops looking guys... Yes. Uh, that uh, Nurse Gretel called earlier. Yep. Um, they show up, or they're in, they're waiting for Giles there and say, hello, Rupert. So, kind of leads you to think, like, I wonder if these guys are Watcher's Council. Mm. Uh, possibly. Uh, but, uh, and then we go back to the, mm. back to the magic scene. Uh, the magic ends. Buffy looks up at Faith. Punches Faith her is, in the face. Faith looks really, really disoriented. Um, and, and yeah, Buffy takes her opportunity, shoots her shot. Um, Joyce, Joyce comes down? Joyce comes down. The police have arrived. They're outside. They're knocking on the door. Um, uh, Buff, Joyce is like, are you okay? Are you okay? What is that? And Buffy, Buffy is now holding the Draconian Contra. She says some sort of weapon didn't work, whatever it was. She drops it, she smashes it, and then Joyce is like, are you okay? And then Buffy says, five by five. And we get a head tilt. An evil head (laughs) tilt. End of episode. So, yes. uh, I think it's safe to assume that the entire point of that device was to switch the bodies of Faith and Buffy. You know what I love in uh, sci-fi fantasy? I love a fucking body swap. If it works. If it works. But I tend to find... Two of my favorite tropes are the Groundhog Day loop and the the body swap. The Freaky Friday. Um, Yeah, the Freaky Friday. Um, I think the Freaky Friday is more difficult um, to pull off right. Um... I, I honestly, the groundhog loop almost always works for me. I'm trying to think of maybe one that doesn't, but um, but I think a, a, a body swap can be so good for character development because mm-hmm. I mean you were literally forcing two characters to experience the other's lives. Um, yeah, and um, um, and sometimes body swap episodes can be very convenient behind the scenes, like in uh, Xena Warrior Princess when. Uh, there's an episode, I think it's in the second season, when Buff or Buffy, when Xena and Callisto body swap. And they were supposed to swap back at the end of the episode, but Lucy Lawless injured herself. Oh. And so they just um, and she needed a couple like she broke her pelvis or something. Oh. Um, or like her tailbone or 
So something that she really needed time to like recover from. So they rewrote the end of the episode so that the body swap has not been fixed yet. And for the next like episode or two, Hudson Leake, who plays Callisto, just plays Xena for those like couple episodes. And then when Lucy Lawless recovered, they swapped back. Um, so just fun little mm-hmm. trivia. Because um, I remember being like, like kind of weird to do a body swap episode and then not fix it by the end, but yeah. bold. And that's when Grace was like, no, there was a, there is a circumstances. <laughs> but yeah, oh, it's so exciting. That, that ending is so good. Um, this, uh, yeah, this is great. Um, this is a great episode. It is. It's really um, good. Yeah, just Faith was brought back and reincorporated herself into a really good story. Um, and I love, like, uh, Buffy's just overall reaction to her mm-hmm. and also to, like, how all the stuff that her being there implies, um, throws things a little out of whack with Riley. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Who's already very much out of whack. <laughs> uh. Yeah, it's, um, I think, and I, I loved your comparison about, like, introducing, like, your college friends to your high school friends, because it does feel like a, a clash of mm-hmm. season three and season four, um, with, um, Xander has a line where he was, like, when they learn about Faith 3, he's like, gosh, I'd hate for our search for one homicidal maniac to get in the way of our search for another homicidal maniac. Um, and yeah, and Faith is just such an engaging character. She's, she's great. So it's exciting to have her back. And I mean, it really did. I feel like this episode breathed some life into the second half of the season. Um, yeah. And, um, I and no Adam. <laughs> yeah, though Adam is talked about a lot. He is which talked is about why uh, I'm going to give this episode four point five mm-hmm. out of five um, blasters that I am free to blast away with, uh, <laughs> just because it seems like a lot of the a lot of the talk between the Scoobies and it makes sense, but it's also just like oh, I don't care is Adam related. Yeah. But everything else is just so good. I'm I'm right there with you. Four out of five or four point five out of five little joy buzzer devices. Mm-hmm. Um because yeah, it the like my only criticism of this episode, especially since we open with Faith. And then we gonna get um teases of Faith throughout the episode before she wakes up. It's every time they leave Faith and go talk about Adam a bit or talk about Riley. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, no, Faith. <laughs> and then once, and then she wakes up and then from the moment she wakes up, the episode just full throttle yep. um, is, is perfect in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Um, so, and listen, the, the Adam stuff is important. It would be really weird if after the events of the last episode, no one ever mentioned him, um, like, yeah, that would, that would be bad storytelling. Um, just don't like it. <laughs> yeah. Adam's already bad storytelling, but and I can, I can rate things however <laughs> I want to, cause I'm an adult. Damn it. <laughs> you are. Um, yeah. Great episode. And I'm very excited to find out what happens next and just a heads up guys in our next episode we are while typically 
Uh, well, actually, in actuality, an episode of Angel aired after this, which we would normally be covering. Mm-hmm. We don't really want to break this momentum because we know that you guys want to get to this discussion about what happens next just as much as we do. Yeah. So, um, join us next week for Buffy Season 4, Episode 16, Who Are You? Yes. And, um, very exciting. Mm-hmm. Um, and for, for, I mean, for people who already know the series... Um, I'm sure you can kind of see how we're doing this, but, um, never fear listeners. We do have a plan to make sure that our schedule gets back on track with the actual air date schedule. Um, but yeah, like Jason said, I, this just felt, this feels like, this feels like a two-parter that we really need to let exist together, Mm -hmm. um, in our discussion. So I'm Harrison. You can find me on Instagram at Harrison Alexander Kaufman and on Twitter at Harrison Kaufman. That's C-O-F-F-M-A-N. I also write a blog, horrorbyharrison.blogspot.com. Excuse me. <laughs> um, where I uh, watch and review a different horror movie every week. Originally, I was planning on actually reviewing a book this week. I was going to review uh, Stephen King's Salem's Lot, which is my favorite Stephen King book. Um, However, I just did not have as much time to read as I would have liked, so I didn't end up finishing it. Um, So I'm going to do that next week, and instead this week I'm going to review what originally I was going to review next week, which is uh, 2020's remake of The Invisible Man. Oh, good one. Very excited. Um have to wait till John's at work to watch that one Um, because he did not care for that movie Mm -hmm. Um, it's very if any listeners who haven't seen it it's very gaslighty and uh, a lot of uh, it can trigger things it's very yeah it's very yeah it's an extremely triggery movie for for a lot of people and John was John got halfway through and he was like nope he's like I cannot watch this poor woman being being gaslit for another 45 minutes (laughs) like which fair yeah uh, I'm Jason. You can find me on Instagram at yamij357 or on Twitter at just plain old yamij. And uh, if you're interested, feel free to check out my online recipe book where I explore the wonderful uh, uses of an immersion blender. Uh, just check out Fifty Shades of Puree. Nice. Nice. Uh, you can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Booze and Buffy. Uh, give us a follow. Um, or you can email us at boozeandbuffy at gmail.com um, if you have something longer to say. Um, the and is spelled out in all those instances. A-N-D. And don't forget to subscribe and rate and review us on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. Each week we like to give a shout out to a worthy charity or nonprofit. This week, we are highlighting World Medical Relief. World Medical Relief's mission is to facilitate the distribution of surplus medical resources where they are needed. As such, their programs have both a local, national, and international focus. Visit worldmedicalrelief.org for more information. I couldn't find any nonprofits that were specifically coma-related. Fair enough. Well, as always, go slay. And be gay. Bye. Bye.